Welcome everyone to the Mongols Premier League show. I'm Mike, with me is Kev. Josh is currently in Hogwarts getting himself some butterbeer and getting a much needed vacation. So Josh, Liz, I hope you guys are having a good time. I'm sure you're going to be listening to this anyway. <laughs> um, so oddly enough, I mentioned to my kids that um, I was like, oh, yeah, I know somebody that's that's in Hogwarts. And they're like, oh, they're going all the way to England. And I was like, no, they're going to Orlando, Florida. And they, they sort of gave me this look like, that's not right. I'm like, I know. but I mean, know, they're wizards yeah. and witches. They can... For all we know, Hogwarts. Well, I guess no, was it was it specific? It was probably specifically like mentioned. It's in England. Where it is? Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Hogwarts. Hogwarts is in England. Yeah. Was it ever said that? The, I mean, we just all assume that because like English accents, and it was an English well, person who wrote the book and everything. I mean, we can geek out about this. I'm sure know, there are like subreddit second, forums but, yelling at us right now. <laughs> yes, there totally are. Um, no, the new. So the the newest uh, uh, movie that's coming out. The magical beasts and where to find them i think that's what it's called if i screwed that up people are yelling at me right now too my kids in the other room um that yeah, is set like... in america there's a whole nother school in america okay so um yeah but you know we we had some fun the other day because i mentioned that um and then they put a new thing out on uh, the harry potter website the pottermore where you can figure out what your patronus is um so did you do uh, it i did yeah what was um it? mine was uh <laughs> mine was a thestral which oh, that sounds really awesome. good yeah it's so it's from the book oh, it's basically like cool. a dead horse that has wings that only people who have seen death can see it i got i got that my wife got a cat um my one <laughs> son got a hawk and the other one got a bulldog i was like how do i get like the undead horse with wings and you guys all get normal stuff but uh yeah, yeah so we had some fun about you yeah, <laughs> I I feel like there's something like dark about it that I'm kind of upset, but You're also a tortured happy about. soul, Mike. I think I am. Um, but yeah. So enough about that. Even though Josh isn't here, we're still gonna have a good time. Uh, our buddy John Hupp from uh, Spursburg is gonna stop by here to um, basically dance around over the fact that uh, Spurs beat City. Uh, what a win! Yeah, we will we'll get into that. But we're gonna talk about all the Premier League action from the previous week. Um, let's kick things off by uh, talking about the first game, which um, I honestly forgot was happening on Friday. Like, I, I went to look at the schedule Saturday morning because I was getting ready to coach soccer, and I was like, when does Everton play? I know we're supposed to talk about Everton. And I went, oh, they already played. So went back and watched that game. Everton versus Palace. It was a 1-1 draw. Honestly, coming into this game, I expected Everton to win, and at least the way that I saw it, I felt they were lucky to get the draw. I mean, did... What were, what were your thoughts on this, Kev? It, it seemed, I don't know, I, I think it kind of went back and forth a lot. I think both teams had a couple chances in this game to really kind of, you know, grab it by the scuff in the neck, scruff in the neck and, and, and take a lead, but none of them could, could really just finish it off. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 if Crystal Palace walked away with a win, I wouldn't have been surprised. If Everton walked away with a win, I wouldn't have been surprised. I think both teams it was it was a relatively open game for it being uh 1-1 and uh i think the the exciting thing was you know the, the big goal scorers scored the goals and and scored very good goals uh, on, on top of that so it was i i, I enjoyed watching this game I, this is you know friday nights are feeling like awesome times for uh i mean it's not friday night for us but you know right no i'll cool. tell you what i honestly it's one of those things where I've said this before, this is sort of my first full season really getting into the Premier League, and 
the the idea of now the, you know the air is getting a little bit cooler outside and um, you know we're getting ready for soccer in the morning soon you know in basically four weeks we'll be done with fall soccer but this notion of like waking up in the morning and you turn on the TV and oh look there's Premier League it like it's <laughs> it is amazing so I'm so happy that you know I finally got into it uh, in terms of the Everton game you know one of the reasons why I thought Palace I don't want to say they deserve the win because I agree with you. I think this game could have gone either way, but I think on the day, Palace probably played a little bit better. Everton's goal came off of uh, Jagielka basically went in for a header, but actually hit it with his hands. Um, but it was close to a high kick from Palace's defender Delaney. So basically the ref called for the high kick, completely missed the handball. And off of that free kick, Lukaku took, took the kick, put it over the wall. The wall didn't move, didn't jump at all, and it just sort of trickled into the net. Um, had the call gone the other way, you know, there's Everton's goal. It's gone. And then uh, Palace had another goal that was called back for questionable offsides. Yeah, I don't know um, where that was coming from, really. I mean, because yeah, I guess so, there was a guy offsides, but he was nowhere near in contention to do anything with it. Right. So what, what happened was, was basically there was a ball that was played in. Delaney scored off a header. And the ref called offsides. Delaney wasn't offsides, but it was played in the direction of James Tompkins, who was. Um, on the replay, it looked like the ref waved somebody else entirely offsides, MacArthur offsides. Um, the ball was sort of headed in his direction, and he started to go up for it, but never really touched it. And it, that's one of those things where, like, I think, I don't want to say by the book it's offsides, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could kind of it's see, tough. You could you could see how it kind of catches the referee's eye. You know, th there's a Palace player. You know, I think <laughs> the yellow jerseys probably don't help their case either. I mean, it's quite, it's quite easy to <laughs> to kind of catch yeah. that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if that goal stands, which it probably should have, I mean, then you know, Crystal Palace fans might have a um, a legitimate reason to, to think that they should have walked away with three points, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Everton are becoming a very interesting team um, to watch uh, over the course of this season. I, I, historically, looking back, I would have somewhat suspected that they were going to have some issues with this game. Um, just because it, it kind of feels like, okay, this is about the time Everton start being Everton. And, and I don't mean that as like a criticism, but they started, they started the season really well. And, um, Josh is like throwing spells at you from. What <laughs> <laughs> is yeah? You, you wondered if you could, if they could sustain that, and um, and yeah, I, I thought Crystal Palace played really well. Um, you know, Lukaku scoring goals, which is good. I think the interesting thing about the Everton, I don't know. I'm 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 curious to hear about. I, we'll, we'll ask Josh maybe next week when he comes on, but curious to see about what what Everton fans think of Ross Barkley um, because I think we talked a bit about him at the beginning beginning of the season and he, he's still it seems like he's still struggling to kind of put his stamp of authority on this team and uh, I'm, I'm wondering if fans are going to start falling out of favor with him um, but uh, but I don't know I and I, I have to act and throw a small shout out to Ben Teke's goal I thought that was Oh man, like, I don't know how many people can score that header. I mean, he's, I mean, he's still in the box, but it he's a far way away, and he the, to be able to generate yeah. that much power and and place it just perfectly, it, it was a beautiful header. Yeah, it 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 felt almost like it was going in in slow motion. Yeah, like he just he placed it so perfectly, the goalie didn't even move. 
Um, I think Everton's keeper thought it was going wide and just sort of watched it go in. And yeah, he just sort of danced away. I thought he looked good. I thought Zaha looked really good for Palace, especially in that first half. Um, I think in the second half, it looked like Alan Pardew moved him more central, which completely stifled his speed. I didn't get that at all. I thought Balassi still continues to look really good for Everton. Yeah, he looks lively. Um, I think, yeah. yeah. I think that I think him and Lukaku, the more they play together, the more dangerous they're going to be. But yeah, I think you know what you said about Ross Barkley, where it feels like he is like the guy for Everton, but he's like you look at other teams and you try to identify who their guy is, and you know up to, up to this point, you know Man City have had uh, KDB, and you know he's hurt now. But you look at somebody like Arsenal, and they have Ozil. Um, you know, you look at Spurs, they have Deli Alley, who's sort of running things in the middle. You have all these teams where you have that playmaker, and I feel like if Ross Barkley is that guy for you, I don't know if he's good enough when you compare it to some of these other teams and these other players. But maybe if it's a situation where you start to have the additional talent around you, it it, it may not matter. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what Josh has to say maybe next week. I think the tough part is I think a lot of Everton fans um, really want him to succeed. I think a lot of England fans want him to succeed. In a weird way, me as a Liverpool fan want to see him succeed because you know he's a Liverpool kid. He was born and raised there. He's a local local guy, and you know he was from an early age. He showed a lot of promise, and you know he wears the number eight shirt. I mean, everything is just kind of perfect, right? He he looks like he's built for the Premier League, and so. I think there's a lot of hope and expectation around him. It's, I mean, and he's still young. I assume. I don't I actually don't know how old he is, but he feels like he's still young. So maybe he has some time. But yeah, I just assume that basically all players are like 20 now because <laughs> I can't judge age. So, yeah, he's about 20. That's about right. Um, Palace are now in eighth. It feels to me like after watching this game, they're playing better than eighth. But when you look at who's directly above them, Chelsea, Man U, Everton. I can't really argue for them to be anywhere yeah. other than that. But I, I I felt they played well. You know, looking back over all the games we've seen thus far, they look like a decent team that I think are going to finish top 10 this year. Um, yeah, they started really but, slow. You know, whether or not, um, but they're they're starting yeah. to pull it around now. I'm actually a little surprised. I mean, I agree with you. I, f- I feel like they've been putting in some pretty good performances pretty uh, recently. But I, I, I didn't know they were at 8th, and that's a little surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I could totally see them finishing around this position it's yeah it's going to be really hard to crack the teams above them but um they're they're looking on on a good way yeah so we have the international break coming up after that palace get west ham everton get man city so we'll see how that game shakes out um let's uh let's jump on to the next game here we'll let you go crazy liverpool versus swansea liverpool get the two to one win after going down one nothing in the seventh minute and being down one nothing at halftime these are the games that you've got to win. I mean, and and Liverpool did it. I mean, this was a case where, you know, going into halftime, they needed a plan. And literally, it felt like as soon as they came out of halftime, they came out and they made it happen. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts here, Kev? What, I mean, you, you put it you put it rightly as far as the situation and the fact, you know, these are games you just need to figure out how to win. I think we've come up against a lot of different kind of challenges over the season. So we've had we've had the tough aways against big teams like Arsenal, Tottenham, uh, Chelsea. We've come through those. We, we know what to expect from those kind of challenges. We've had, 
you know, the Burnley, we, we've had the low team, uh, the lower teams away. You know, we, we didn't come up successful against Burnley, but, you know, we kind of started to silence that with, with Hall. But it, it's not just the teams and home and away, but it's it's the manner of the game. So, you know, we've shown we can blow teams out. We, we've shown that we can, you know, score a bunch of goals in a short period of time, all this kind of stuff. What we really haven't done yet, especially away from home, is you know, go down and, and fight back to to win the game. I, I believe, well, I guess Arsenal technically, but um, that felt like a different kind of beast. Um, they were always going to come out and, and play against us. But yeah, no, I mean, I, this was, I think for the first half, yeah, we, we just looked very static and still. And we weren't we weren't moving as well as we should have or could have, and you know I, I think if there is a blueprint to beat us right now, you know Josh and you talk a lot about you know just sitting deep and hitting us on the counter. I think in combination with that, it's try to get up on us early because then we can we start to maybe panic a bit. Where you know in the whole game they never got up on us early and we were always in control. I mean even me watching this game. You know, I kind of, you know that feeling you get like with like restless leg syndrome? Like that's how I felt this entire game. I was just anxious <laughs> and I was just, I don't, you know, I you know it, it felt like the players were like that too. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we get into halftime and, and come out a completely different side. And, uh, you know, part of me thinks we were still kind of lucky to come away with a win here. Um, but as soon as it went 1-1, I was very confident that we weren't going to lose the game at the very least well and basically you came out and Firmino scored off a header in the 53rd minute completely unmarked basically Coutinho took a free kick right into the wall ball falls back to Henderson put it right back in the box Firmino was wide open which you know again I continue to be impressed with Firmino Um, I think he's been stellar for you guys so far this season but after that Liverpool just kept coming. It wasn't until the 82nd minute when, again, it was Firmino was brought down in the box after some sloppy clearances from Swansea's D, and Milner stepped up and got the PK to seal it at two to one. But it, it was close. Yeah. Um, I will say this: I mentioned, you know, adding Milner to my fantasy team. He now <laughs> has four go. PK goals, four <laughs> PK goals in the past five games. Yeah. Like Liverpool, I feel like are going to get because of the way they play, because they want to set up outside the 18 and just knock it around and get runners in. They're going to pick up a ton of PKs this year. And if Milner's the one taking them... I mean, yeah. You you talk about possession again. We had 60% possession in this game again. Do you think it was a penalty? I mean, I'm biased, so I I inherently... Yeah, it was. was. Okay, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. I Honestly, so Swansea had like two or three chances to clear the ball. The first time the ball went straight up into the air. Firmino was the only Liverpool player in the box. Right. Like... It wasn't even like it was chaos. He was the only one fighting for it, and they still took him down. Yeah. So, no, I do. I think it was a PK. Um, yeah. I, I think, I, so, I mean, the other big thing for me was, you know, once again, we concede on a set piece. I mean, this is being, this is becoming, a, I mean, it, it has been already a serious problem. You know, we, we, we give up a set piece goal to Hall last week. We give up a set piece goal this week to Swansea. I mean, already, even before these, we were if not last, very close to, you know, as far as conceding set-piece goals. And right now, you know, if, if you're Mourinho, you're kind of licking your lips. I mean, you, they, they put uh, three past um, Leicester uh, when, last time I remember them playing them. And they're a big side. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, Liverpool have United next. Um, we are home, which could potentially help. But, I mean, the fact that we've 
by the numbers um, been so poor at set pieces and, and United look pretty strong in set pieces, you know, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking forward to the United game, to be honest with you. Well, I was, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the Spurs game next, but Liverpool have given up 10 goals so far this season, and that is the most by any team in the top 10. The thing that saved them is that they have 18 goals, four on the season, which is tied for first with Man City. So, you know, I keep waiting for you to, to you know, the Riverhounds, Kevin, to spill over into the Liverpool, Kevin, where it's like, I really just like to see them get a clean sheet. Like, that's all I really want to see. Just See, I'm, I'm like that when we're not winning. <laughs> if, if we're winning, I'm quite happy to keep winning games like 4-3. Like, that's exciting to me. I'm fine with that. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, I think on top of the whole set piece issues that we're having, um, I don't know, this just feels like... A, g- a game that a Mourinho side is just like perfectly set up for. I don't know why I think this, but I feel like Mourinho sides play a bit better when they're kind of the underdog. And th- I mean, they- it seems like they just love spoiling parties. And uh, yeah, I-, I never have great memories against Mourinho, but uh, but yeah, I-, I don't know. It's I-, I picture I picture Mourinho like the one going to like a college party, and he's the one that's calling the cops, just sitting there waiting for them to show up. Like <laughs> he would get some sort of like perverse pleasure out of that. Yeah. Um, not that we're, you know, endorsing underage drinking or anything like that. That was just the first thing that popped in my mind is that guy sitting there in the corner like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, totally. That's 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 him. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, the, maybe the only – it's not in my nature to be pessimistic about this game. I still think we'll, we'll be strong. And, and, you know, the bookies will have us being favorites. I still probably put us as favorites, but I think it's being a really tight affair. And um, – the the other kind of good thing is hopefully the players can play with a bit less pressure on them. I think if we draw this game against Swansea or even lose, pressure's much higher for this United game coming up. But the fact that we're, we're on a pretty decent point total right now, and um, you know we have the international break to get set and everything, so so hopefully things will go go well. Yeah, there's there's a number of teams that are sort of emerging now that I think are contenders. I think Liverpool's one of them. They have some things they need to work out. I think Spurs are one. I think City still is one, even though they they lost this week. We'll talk about that in a second. One of the you know downsides that sort of has turned into a positive, we'll see, is there was a lot of talk in this game about it potentially being Swansea's head coach. Um, how do you pronounce it? Guidolins. Uh, last game yeah yeah sure (laughs) yeah i think it's guidelines um last game if they didn't get a win they were basically one five and one to start this season uh you know they lost to man city liverpool leicester which i think you'd sort of expect out of swansea but they also lost to hull and southampton which those are games that you you know you would hope to win um what are your thoughts on just the sacking in general? Do you think it was a fair sacking? They did announce it on his 61st birthday, which I felt like was an extra, like, mm, like a little, you know, stab and twist. Like, they had to add that little twist of his 61st birthday. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you can kind of make up your own reality as far as this one's concerned. I mean, you can look at it and say, that's really harsh to fire someone after losing against teams like City and Liverpool and still playing well. It's not like they got blown out or anything. I mean, like I said, we I feel like we kind of came away maybe a bit lucky with, with three points with this game. So it's not like they're getting rolled over. On top of that, you know, I, my guess is it wasn't his decision to let some of their key players go in the summer and they go late. You know, Ashley Williams losing your captain, things like that. I mean, so that was... When they lose players like that, I mean, it was always going to be tough for them. Um, and so, 
in that respect as well, what do you kind of expect from this? I, I think if you asked a lot of um, like non-Swansea fans, I think a lot of people would have suggested that they're going to be in a, a relegation battle anyway this season. Um, so, but on the flip side, you look at you you look at the numbers like you you know what you just said there one five and one. It's, it's not good enough, and and so and especially looking at the tail end of last season, um, he he's not exactly lighting the world alight. I, I think it's a weird thing where historically Swansea has been a really well-run club. Um, you know, they, they have, uh, the fans have part ownership in it. Um, their, their managerial hires over the past, like four or five managers have followed a very kind of consistent philosophy as far as how they wanted to play. And uh, this guy came in and kind of changed a bit of that um, when you didn't really need to at all. And so, you know, given given those pieces of evidence, well, then you can say, yeah, this this kind of makes sense. It, it, from the rumors, it, it, it was this was going to happen regardless, um, whether yeah. whether they win against Liverpool or tie or lose or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? No, I I agree. I think that it's one of those things where you hate to see it happen, and it, the writing was on the wall, and you could sort of. I almost could see it in Klopp's eyes when he went over for the the handshake at the end. Like, eh, sorry, man. Like, you know, we we, we had to do what yeah, we had to fault. do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not our fault. But, you know, good best of luck. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the big news that we've sort of been tiptoeing around is that they made the switch to, you know, cue all the American flags waving. Bob Bradley. <laughs> so former U.S. men's national team coach Bob Bradley is now the first American coach ever in the Premier League. So I, I wish I had an audio drop here, just USA, USA. <laughs> I mean, but here's but here's the question, okay? Is this a good place for the first American Premier League coach to land when you look at the landscape of all the Premier League teams out there? What do you think? I, I think the maybe not the best place because he does kind of have one thing going against him from day one. Um, and it's the fact that Swansea have American owners. So I think a lot of fans from Swansea are going to think, you know, uh, as soon as, you know, the American manager comes in, you know, you can almost hear them all kind of sitting back in their seats, crossing their arms and going, oh, really? Like kind of thing. <laughs> and so, you know, I, but that being said, you know, generally, um, you know, the, there tends to be a relatively, you know, a, a relatively good atmosphere around this club. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a huge support for them um, from their fan base. I think they have some pretty decent players. I mean, as far as I think their players justify them not being in a kind of rele- relegation battle. Um, so in that sense, it's not the worst. But you know what? I mean, I guess I don't know. Anytime you're stepping in after a manager's being fired, it's not going to be perfect for for obvious reasons. So. Yeah, so Bob Bradley went from coaching the U.S. men's national team. He then went to coach Egypt's national team. And when there was all that turmoil going on in Egypt, he was lauded for the way that he handled it. Um, There was stadium closings, and they still had to play, and he stuck with that team. Then he went over and took over the Norwegian team. Stabæk did a fantastic job there. I think he was plucked from... Uh, one of the second-tier French teams to come take this position. I mean, it, there is that little inkling in the back of my mind that if these owners weren't American, would it be Bob Bradley? And I know that there were a couple others that were in the running. There were talk of Ryan Giggs was up for the job. Obviously, I think Bradley's pedigree is much better than Giggs's in terms of coaching, you know, coaching national teams. Right. And um, 
but I think this is exciting. I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't think this is a situation where Bob Bradley is set up to fail. Um, I mean, it's tough coming into a team that's already losing and and trying to adjust expectations. Granted, they have the international break coming up, but to basically take over a team over the course of two weeks and right the ship is going to be impossible. So, one of the things. Um... So Rory Smith, he's the New York Times like head writer for soccer, and um, he did a piece on this uh, today. And apparently, he kind of came out saying he had a chance to meet uh, Bradley earlier on in his career, and he was really impressed with just his his leadership, his charisma, and, and his and his mind. And he, you know, he he seems to think this is you know he's he's a very good manager for this for this position. He he's, you know thinks he'll do well. Um, so, and that's, I mean, looking at his CV, although better than Ryan Giggs, I mean, you would kind of, I don't know, I would kind of expect maybe him to go in for like a championship side, work his way up, kind of earn his boots in England and then progress in, in that sense. Um, but, you know, he goes right into a Premier League side in that set. You know, I, I was a little shocked by that, but from the murmurs and rumors I'm hearing from other people who kind of met with him, everyone speaks extremely high of him and you know apparently the the reason why he got the Swansea job was when the interview process was happening um you know they kind of asked each manager saying like okay like how would you set up against Arsenal and everyone kind of was like oh players need to work harder blah blah and Bradley really kind of broke it down and like had very clear plans and visions and all this other stuff and so they were they were just really impressed by that so yeah I mean it'll I'm I'm rooting for him I I, I hope he'll do well and I, I think he uh I think he might. Yeah, we'll see. He's he's an intense guy, but I think this is definitely going to be one reason for Americans to watch more Swansea. Is not that there. Well, I Bradley actually referenced it in one of the articles, saying that there was sort of this glass ceiling for American coaches in Europe, and his appointment in the Premier League, whether it's with American owners or not, sort of shatters that glass ceiling. So yeah. now it's a matter of you know how can we perform at that level. You know, there's been a similar ceiling for American players where, you know, like for like, if you're given, you know, a South American player compared to American player, most of the time you're going to take a South American player. Um, so we'll see what sort of doors this opens. And in, in no way am I suggesting there's going to be a free pass for American players or anything like that. Bob Bradley has earned everything Bob Bradley has worked for. But uh, this is definitely going to be entertaining to watch and uh, see I, it goes. Yeah, at the same time, too, it's I think... Um... I think everyone's going to be kind of sitting back and saying, okay, let's see what he, he's going to be known as the American manager of Swansea. Right. You know what I mean? This isn't going to be Bob Bradley, the, the manager of Swansea. And, you know, I, I get the sense that in England, Americans in their, you know, football league is thought of in a somewhat negative way. I mean, there have been American owners of teams in the past. A lot of them maybe haven't done that great. You know, Liverpool have had American owners previous to the ones we currently have that almost like ran us into the ground. There's a lot of kind of distrust, I think, of that. You know, it's, oh, those American people that are over the ocean trying to run our club from thousands of miles away. Whereas, you know, here in England, we know what we, we do and all that kind of stuff. So he, I, I think... It's like it's like the reverse of the Revolutionary War. Like, <laughs> we're now over in England... Trying yeah. to stay and there, so, and they want us out. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think if anyone is prepped to do it, yeah, he, um, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of time for for Bob Bradley. I think, I think he'll do a good job. 
Yeah. So after the international break, Liverpool get Man United. Kev, as you were talking about, Swansea get Arsenal, as you also mentioned. So no easy task for Bob Bradley. Yeah. So speaking of no easy task, uh, Spurs welcomed undefeated Man City to White Hart Lane and walked away with a 2-0 win. Joining us now to talk about it from Spursburg is John Hupp. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. It's nice to be back. <laughs> and I, I mean, obviously, under these circumstances as well, you've, you've got to be flying high. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm buzzing right now, I think, along with uh, all the other Tottenham fans. Um, it was a big win yesterday. So, yeah, I think everybody, uh, uh, happy days for Spurs fans. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, going into this game, I thought it was going to be a fun one to watch. But yeah. from what we've seen of City thus far, I was not expecting Spurs to win. And honestly, they came out and they just wanted it more. Like in all facets yeah. of the game, they look like they wanted it more. Yeah, uh, City have been kind of, the, you know, they've been the team to beat this season. Um, and I think we beat them quite comfortably yesterday, honestly. Uh, and without a couple of our key players, you could ar- argue that too. Um, Harry Kane's been out for a couple of weeks with uh, ankle uh, ligament damage. And one of our key midfielders, Moussa Dembele, was out uh, as well. So uh, we just came out from the start, set the tone early uh, with the high press. And uh, City couldn't really deal with it. They had that own goal early on, I think, inside the opening 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, we just never really let off the gas. Uh, I was at the pub with a couple of guys, and they were questioning if we could, you know, keep that that intensity up for the whole game. And uh, I think that's kind of what we do under our manager right now. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good win. Uh, massive statement for us. Um, where our squad just looks deeper and deeper. So yeah, it was it was a great win. I don't I don't think Pep was expecting you guys to keep up that pace either. Because coming yeah. up, I kept waiting for him to change something. And even coming out at halftime, he didn't really change anything. It didn't look like they changed tactics at all. And you guys just ran away with it. Yeah, no, I know he. Uh, I don't know what happened. Um, he did a post game interview and he just said that we Tottenham beat them fair and square. Um, we, we were a better side. Um, city, uh, it didn't look like they really gave up. I just don't think they could break down our defense. Our defense was rock solid. Uh, looks like they they're picking up right where we left off last season, which is huge. Um, and that, and that's been immense for us this season, you know, a, a great attacking side that city are, and they came up against the defensive wall yesterday and the wall won. So, uh, yeah, uh, Pep didn't really have much to say other than we just beat him fair and square, so that was nice to see. <laughs> I was going to say, over the first seven games, Spurs have only let in three goals. I mean, that's yeah. impressive. Yep, yeah, the least amount of goals conceded this season, so uh, that's huge. I don't think there's been one of open play. I, th- I think it might have been a penalty or a free kick or something, um, or off a corner, I think. So, yeah, and that's I think, huge. I think, what, like, half of them, you had your backup goalkeeper in as well, right? <laughs> yeah, Vorm, yeah, because uh, Hugo Lloris went out uh, early on in the season with, like, a hamstring, I believe. So, Michelle Vorm was in, and he uh, he deputized for, for Lloris and was really well. Well, I kind of wanted to follow up with that, too. I mean, that leads into this whole, like, squad depth thing. I think, I mean, at least me personally, from an outsider's perspective, the thing I always kind of thought about with Tottenham is, you know, if, if Kane goes down, they have serious problems. And right. not only Kane goes down, but you're kind of dropping players elsewhere throughout your squad. You know, Eric Dyer drops out, Dembele drops out, all that kind of stuff. Did you expect to have such a deep squad at, at the beginning of the season? I knew that, uh, well, we made a couple of good summer signings, so I knew we would have more depth uh, with Champions League and everything. 
Um, Victor Wanyama has uh, been a lot better than I think a lot of people were expecting, uh, especially yesterday. We were we were looking for a big performance from him, and he really stepped up to the plate. But uh, yeah, Eric Dyer and Musa Dembele were our key players last season in the midfield, and uh, they'd just been struggling a little bit with uh, little injuries uh, the start of the season. But um, yeah, uh, Victor Wanyama, Musa Sissoko, we got him from Newcastle, last minute signing um, during the window. So uh, yeah, our depth is is a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. Um, I think a lot of people thought maybe last year was just like a one-off season for us because of our depth. Um, but this summer, uh, I think our manager really uh, took the window uh, and ran with it and made a couple of good signings. And uh all of our players seem to be stepping up to the plate. I think he's the manager that can get the best out of each player. So uh, that's always good to see whenever you have – you look at your bench and, you know, you've got either Lamella on the bench or Deli Ali on the bench as well. Uh, he's been – and, you know, Son, who's been probably our best player, uh, just banging in the goals the past couple of games. So it's always nice to see with that nice depth. It was one of those things where watching this game, it seemed every player – for Spurs was winning the individual battles against whoever the player was they were going up against. Like, and, and yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. The, the press, uh, it's all down to the pressing and the work rate. You know, if the, if the first player goes, then it kind of triggers the rest of the team to just attack and press their, the, the men they're marking. So I, I couldn't recall, like at one point, Sun was basically playing forward yesterday. Yeah, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't remember one point where he kind of looked around, you know, and it was like, hey, hey guys, let's go, let's press now. He just kind of went for it, and then you kind of see the whole squad shift uh, up the pitch a little bit. Um, so it's all down to the work rate and the pressing. Um, I think we ran the, we've ran the most out of any team this season. We, I think yesterday we ran around seventy four miles collectively as a team. So that's staggering. That's So yeah, it's all down to the work rate uh, and the pressing it, you know, it's paying off. Do you think, and I guess this is actually for both of you, do you guys think that this has exposed Man City for what they are? I mean, they sort of came in this, the first six games and sort of blew everybody away. Yeah. Do we think that the secret's out now? Uh, I'm not sure. There there might be a little bit of a blueprint as to how to beat Pep and his squad now. Um, Celtic kind of maybe have shown that last week in Champions League, yeah. um, you know. But I think uh, our quality. Uh, I think there's only a couple of teams in the Premier League that could probably do that to them. Um, definitely us, uh, as we shown yesterday. But uh, maybe Liverpool with their high in- intensity. Maybe Arsenal have the quality to do it. But um, I think there is sort of a system that you could use to beat Pep, but I don't think a lot of teams can do it just because of the quality of City is so good. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, an impressive win. Um, you know, I, I made some notes just about what they were doing, and really, every time uh, City got the ball, they were trying to play the ball at the back. They refused to play the long ball, and Spurs just pressed, 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 and forced them into bad passes. Eventually, City started lobbing the ball over the top. The problem right. is they didn't have the height to win the first ball. Right. So they just played right into Spurs' hands, and every time Spurs got the ball, it was a quick, direct ball up to the top, and you know you basically had two to three guys waiting up there, whether it was Son or Deli Alley, and they would just go forward and take them on, and even when there was like a three on, there were, at one point there was a three on five 
Um, yeah. And I think that was where, where Deli Alley scored. And it was just, yep. they just brushed it off. Like, yeah, it's a three on five. No big deal. Like, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll we broke, yeah, we broke the offside trap pretty easily there. Um, I think we got a little lucky with a bounce. But other than that, yeah. Uh, our, our back line, Toby Alderweireld and uh, Yanbert Tong won like every single header that was back there that day. Um, but yeah, our, our attack, uh, they play very direct at your feet as well. So, and the relationships those guys have together, I think is probably just second to none. Uh, so they kind of feed off of each other and, uh, you know, obviously with the crowd being, being the way it probably was just white heart lane was probably rocking. So yeah. if you have the crowd like that behind you, it's probably just makes you want to run even harder. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to ask you about Deli Alley. He, so he gets his goal today. Um, I, I, do you think he's like the real deal for you guys going forward? I've I've seen glimpses of him here and there, and <laughs> yeah. he's he's kind of failed to live up. I mean, there's a lot of hype around him, and so yeah. to live up to that is kind of difficult from the outset. But do do you think he's going to be the real deal for you guys? Yeah, I think so. I think his quality is there, uh, especially because he's so young. Um, and he's, he's kind of a, he might be a slow starter to the league this season. Um, I think that just goes down to how much Pochettino has been working the players and he's been playing a lot. Um, but he is only 20 years old, but his quality is there. Um, so I think with his age, uh, when he gets older, as he gets older, he'll be more consistent. Um, but I think with his, you can see the quality that he has, like you said, there's, you know, he's kind of on, he's off. Um, but I think the pat, especially the, this year, the past couple of games I've watched him, he's been a little more consistent. So I think he's just kind of warming up to it. Um, again, he's still gaining experience with his age, but I think the quality is there for him to be so-called the real deal. So yeah. there was the one play where he basically dribbled between four yeah. different city players and then was and taken was down. Fouled, the box. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So this game could have been three nothing had Lamella not shot it right at. I know. <laughs> Uh, I know. I was. Uh, I put my beer down at the pub to celebrate that, and then I had to pick it right. <laughs> but uh, I guess Sun and Lamella were fighting over who were taking the penalty as well. So I don't know what happened there, but I guess before they showed a replay of it, and Lamella kind of took the ball from from Sunny. So I'm not sure what happened there, but I read an article today that said uh, Poch wasn't worried about them. Uh, bickering or fighting over a penalty taking but i guess since kane's not there there's not really a, a true you know penalty taker so but yeah i really would have loved it to have been three now <laughs> do you know what the uh, what the latest is on when kane's expected back i saw that he's healing quicker than they thought but have they put any sort of timetable on it uh not since last week they said uh yeah they had a scan last week and Pochettino said in a press conference that it was a lot better than they expected. Um, he said, you know, they can't put a time on it still. Could be two weeks, could be three weeks, could be four weeks. Um, so, but yeah, apparently he's supposed to be back a lot sooner than uh, expected. So that's good. I mean, he tore some ankle ligaments. So that's at least, you know, a, a, I would say a month. I just hope he's back uh, in time for the Arsenal game in November. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I think he'll be back maybe in like uh, maybe three, four weeks time. So if you guys keep playing like this, it's not that big of a concern. Like exactly, yeah. <laughs> it'll be a nice luxury to sub him back in, and yeah, yeah it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, Son has just been incredible. I think he scored like five goals in the past six games. Yeah. He's got a couple of assists as well. And he was uh, thinking about leaving the summer, so uh, the lack of striker right now isn't really bothering us. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things too that we talked about on the last uh, podcast where. 
you look at another team like Liverpool, where they have sort of a striker, but it's really mm-hmm. just a whole bunch of talented midfielders. And that's what you know Spurs feel like to a certain right. extent as well, is you just get these intelligent guys that you can sort of plug in and move them around the field, and sometimes they're further up, sometimes they're further back, and it, it just works out. Yep, good chemistry between the players. Um, there's kind of a free role. Christian Eriksen uh, and Deli Ali kind of have been floating around. Um, uh, but Son is, you know, he can score goals. So yesterday he was playing the forward role, um, with the mellow on the wing as well. So yeah, just the connection between the players, the relationship, the hard work that goes in on the training ground, all that comes into play. Um, and especially when you're winning, you know, things are good. <laughs> yeah. Lastly, John, I just want to ask, so I'm, I'm going to put you on the line here. Do you, do you think you can go all the way this season? I mean, cause I think the interesting <laughs> thing was before, before the city game, I don't think a lot of people, Oddly, we're, right. we're, we're giving Tottenham a lot of credit. But, I mean, yeah, if you look at the numbers, you guys yeah. started really well, and you're a very strong team. So it is maybe a bit of a surprise looking back in retrospect that not a lot of people are giving you giving you credit. But but do you think you can uh, go all the way, balance the whole Champions League uh, load and all that kind right. of stuff? Yeah, we've kind of uh, flown under the radar. I think we do every year. Um, the big names are always mentioned before us, which I personally like because then we just fly, fly under the radar, keep winning, and then we pop out You know, the last couple months of the season. Um, I think it's still too early for a title talk, but I think we have credentials. Definitely our squad is uh, much deeper this year. Um, we seem to be picking up right where we left off other than our bad uh, ending to the season last year. But I think we have what it takes. Um, I would be happy if we, you know, make a good Champions League run, get through the group stage and then, uh, you know, try to make a run for the title. Uh, we have the quality. We have the depth. Um, if, as long as we can stay healthy, I think it's possible. Um, you know, I don't want to say too much because it's still it's still it's still <laughs> so I'll, I'll so early you, days I'll but, I think, you, but I think you guys right it. yeah <laughs> yeah well I, but yes i think we do have what it takes um of course you know spurs fan i'm always optimistic so well, i was gonna say you guys have the formula right i mean in in you finished <laughs> you finished last season what i think you guys were the best defensive team last season yeah and then wasn't harry kane the uh the golden boot winner as well yep, yep so golden i boot. think i mean coming out of the gate you guys are defensively sound. I mean, holding right. some of the teams that you've played and and basically only giving up three goals over the course of seven games. If you keep that up, yeah, I, it's it's going to be tough to to argue with Spurs for the title this year. Right. Yeah, and so. the goals will come. I think. Uh, yeah, Harry Kane didn't score for the first like nine games last season, and then he went on to win the Golden Boot. So I don't think goals are going to be a problem. So if our defense stays healthy. Like our, our starting back four have just been immense this season, uh, as well as last season. You know, Walker and Rose on the flanks, and then uh, Alderweireld and Vertonghen in the middle, and then we have you know world class goalkeeper Hugo Lloris as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a, another good year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, let's let's jump from talking about the Spurs having a uh, another good year to uh, quickly. I wanted to talk about. Uh, Piper's Pub's EPL Supporters Tournament that's coming up here. You guys won it last year, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did, actually. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, last year was at Highmark Stadium, I think, in the summer sometime. But, uh, yeah, there were a couple of uh, supporters clubs that came out, and we won that and lifted the cup. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> are you, I guess you guys are looking to repeat this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's. I think we're going to have two teams. 
I think it's only seven aside this year. Yeah. So it's a little smaller scale. So uh, I've already registered us for two teams. Um, so we'll we'll have we'll be there and we'll have uh, a good uh, showing, you know, of experienced players and even people who have never played soccer but just like to watch Spurs. Uh, that's what it's all about, anyway. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Who was uh, who was your biggest competition last year? Was there a supporters uh, group that stood out to you? I think the Liverpool team was was quite good, if I remember. They had a couple of English guys um, that were really that were that had played, um, so they were experienced. But uh, I think it was just Chelsea and Liverpool last year, and then there was another team of just random fans. Um, but yeah, the, the Liverpool team was pretty good, if I remember correctly. It was us in the title against them, and I think we beat them maybe one 0 that's awesome. So that's coming up here in November. Um, if anybody has a team or you want to be on a team, contact uh, our friend John Battersme. He's on Twitter at JohnBatty64. I, I know a few teams have been confirmed so far. You mentioned Spurs are going to have two teams. I think Man City's going to have a team. I think Liverpool's going to have a team. I think Josh is talking about an Everton team. So the more teams, the better. It's going to be great. Yep. Um John, thanks for coming on, man. Everybody go check out John, all the local supporters, at Spursburg on Twitter. We definitely have to have you back on again as the season progresses. This is We always have fun talking to you. So thanks for joining yeah. us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Not a problem. I uh, look forward to the next time. Hopefully uh, I'm still a happy uh, Tottenham fan <laughs> next time we talk. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, John. All right, thanks, guys. John. All right, so let's talk about some of the other games around the league. We're going to do this rapid-fire style. So I'm going to take one, Kev's going to take one, and we're just going to work through the rest of the, uh, of the games. So West Ham played Middlesbrough. Brah drew 1-1, to keeping the Hammers from their fourth consecutive loss in, in league play. Basically, it was all thanks to a great individual effort from Payet, who carried the ball past a number of uh, Brah players <laughs> from basically 40 yards out and beat Victor Valdez to draw the game in the 57th minute. Otherwise, West Ham was... Uh, uh, going to be going down one nothing. Yeah, if, sure. if West Ham, see, yeah. if if anyone's going to be pulling them, pulling them out, it seems like it's probably going to be Payet. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. A, a lot of expectations for West Ham, I think, this season, and haven't started off strongly. So we'll, we'll see what's up next. Um, yeah, the other another game, Watford versus Bournemouth, uh, ended up a two two draw. Um, yeah, Watford had to come back, come from behind twice uh, to make sure they didn't drop the points, but. Um, yeah, Bournemouth slowly making their way up the table, currently 13th after being 19th um, only four weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, they started slow. I think some of their transfer, some of the transfers were a bit speculative, but, you know, Eddie Howe, that's, uh, everyone loves Eddie Howe. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I like him. I think. <laughs> I was going to say, John, John talked about how Spurs are, like, sneaky. I think Bournemouth, when I saw that they are in 13th, I went, what? Because yeah. literally, they've just slowly been working their way up the table. So we'll see how they. Uh, shape out here the rest of at least through the the you know rest of this year we'll see what goes into the start of next year Sunderland won West Brom won Jermaine Defoe looking dangerous all game but it was uh, Patrick Van Anholt who uh, would be Sunderland's savior in the 83rd minute scoring the equalizer off a flick from Duncan Watmore keeps Sunderland from dropping much needed points as they are now currently in last place well with two points on the season I think right (laughs) yeah they are uh they're struggling. I mean, um, even I, I mean, like I, I love these kind of like low table battles in the EPL, but even this one, I mean, Sunderland West Brown, that would have been hard to watch. <laughs> so next game, Chelsea uh, beat Hall 2-0, get back to winning ways. Um, Hall started strong. 
Uh, but Chelsea grew in the game, and it was, it was kind of too much for for Hall to handle. Um, goals from Willian, uh, Willian in the sixty uh, first minute, and Costa in the six uh, six minutes later. Um, kind of Costa back at his peak. Uh, you know, puts the goal away. I think he might have set up the Willian goal, um, but also he was just kind of throwing himself all about the pitch. And and uh, yeah, Costa leads Chelsea back to winning ways. Being being Diego Costa. Being yeah. Diego Costa. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, if this rights the ship for Chelsea since uh, this is their first win in three games. Um, so keep an eye on them coming up here in the in the next. Well, not this weekend, but next weekend. Man United won. Stoke won. Woo! Stoke keeper. Yeah, Stoke keeper Lee Grant basically stood on his head in this game, um, denying United multiple clear opportunities and uh, and keeping them from walking away with three points. And uh, you know, it took. Basically, United scored, um, I want to say United scored early, uh, but it in the 83rd minute, it was Joe Allen for Stoke, who was able to slam home a goal. That old Liverpool get player. Them much, uh, yeah, get them the much-needed points and keep United outside of the top five. So Stoke are now 19th. They were 20th for a while. Um, but United are going through some stuff right now. Like I, We talked about this on previous shows where they've got – the makings of like an all-star team. And I know, I think Pogba ripped one off the post. Um, Zlatan had a couple open shots that Lee Grant was saving and they need to work some stuff out. I think if once they get clicking, they're going to be great. But if they're not going to click against team like Stoke, you know, we talked about Liverpool. These are the games you have to win. You know, I didn't need to beat Stoke. Like that's just, Welsh yeah, you Pirlo. can't be dropping points there. Gotta love him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welsh Pirlo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Welsh Javi, Welsh Pirlo. He's, he's had all the names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Leicester nil, Southampton nil. Uh, Leicester, it feels like they desperately need some points to get back in the top 10. I mean, they're doing well in the Champions League, but domestically they're having some troubles. Uh, but Southampton was having none of it. They were able to keep the champs off the board to earn their sixth consecutive clean sheet across all competitions southampton i don't know if a lot of people saw this coming i mean i think van dyke is a player where i think everyone's starting to become privy to him and you could see him you know going next summer for like 35 million or something like that but uh yeah they're they're looking like a tottenham 2.0 in in the south of england yeah they're currently sitting at 10th uh lester's at 12th so they're they're above the champs. Uh, the last game of the weekend that we'll mention is Arsenal one, Burnley nil. Uh, <laughs> it took the Gunners literally until the last minute of the game of stoppage time to bring home a win and properly celebrate Arsene Wenger's twenty years in charge of the club. They were basically pouring it on the entire second half, but couldn't get anything in. It was a corner kick that was knocked down by Walcott. Finished home by Kachelny that uh, would seal it for the team. Keep them at third place in the table behind only Man City and Spurs. So yeah. that is your... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I got it. <laughs> that's fine. We'll wrap it up here. That's fine. I was going to say, that that's your rapid fire around the league. That was good. Yeah, outside of the three games. First yeah, time we did that. That felt good. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully we can... Uh, now that... Um, you know the hound season is over, and we've we've been getting a lot of feedback from people asking like, "Hey, can you guys do some more hound shows once some news is out?" And I'm like, "You're not going to keep us from talking hounds, so we'll definitely do some more hound shows." But um, now that we have a little bit more time, we can at least look at some of these other games and, and run through what's going on. And if you have thoughts about the game, send them to us. We'll include them as part of our rapid fire rundown and uh, and just get everybody's thoughts out there. 
Looking at the table, uh, you know, it, the way it shakes out after this past week, Man City still at the top. Tottenham jump up to second. Arsenal are in third. Liverpool at four. And then rounding out the top ten, you have Everton, Man U, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, West Brom, and Southampton. How is West Brom that high? That is nuts. West Brom is bringing it. So they're they're tied on nine points with Southampton at ten. It's um, important to note, though, too. What I think, yeah, Liverpool fourth, but, I mean, only two points separate fourth from first i mean so it's yeah super tight so liverpool and arsenal are both at 16 points arsenal has a plus nine goal differential liverpool has plus eight so that's why they're in fourth and man city is at the top with 18 points so really it's a it's a one game swap here where you know liverpool or arsenal win a game and manchester and man city lose again we got ourselves a new leader and tottenham are nipping at their heels at 17 so i think you know looking at some of these teams i'm really excited to see how this shakes out because i i don't think there's a Granted, it's been seven weeks. I don't think there's a clear cut, you know, for a while it felt like Man City. It was like, that's it. They're going to run away with it. It's going to be over. But, you know, granted, they were down some players this week. Tottenham showed them and they had no answer to it. And so... I mean, I still think there's a lot of teams fighting for it. I think a lot of people are going to love to kind of overreact with the with the city and tottenham uh result i think tottenham are a very good side but i would still have to say city are probably t- uh favorites favorites to win league i mean they weren't gonna they weren't gonna have an unbeaten season i mean they were gonna slip up eventually and tottenham are a very good team so well and i think a lot of people were underestimating just how how much uh kevin de Bruyne means to man city he's out with an injury and you know as soon as he goes out they draw 3-3 to celtic midweek they come into this game they look listless in the midfield like it's not all about aguero like he needs somebody feeding him the ball and without kdp there they have other talent they should be doing as well but i i think he was a big reason why they were doing so well early on but um but yeah so that's how the table shakes out we'll see how things go over the next two weeks, as we mentioned, the international break is coming up, so we're not going to be talking about any games next week. We're actually going to uh, have Brandon from the Always Cheating Podcast join us to talk a little bit about fantasy during the international break. So it'll be good just to pick his brain. He watches a ton of Premier League, so we'll get his thoughts fantasy on Fantasy football, League. I mean, just to clarify, we're just not going to be talking all things fantasy here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. This isn't, yeah. <laughs> Sci-fi. Although it, it will be interesting to get Josh's take on how Hogwarts was. But, yeah, um, well, that, yeah, no, we can just, that'll be like the fantasy, yeah. That's perfect. The fantasy, the fantasy podcast there where we go. talk about Harry Potter as well. Yeah, um, but you know, just a quick rundown of what happened in the Mongols fantasy league this week. Josh, as he reminded us on Twitter, is now in first place <laughs> in the league after Kevin beating your boy Zach Zaffer- Zach Zaffris fifty six to fifty two. Which you mentioned, you were like, looks like I don't think Zach is still playing. He put up fifty two points. I only put up thirty seven. So I'm kind of hoping he's playing. <laughs> I don't mine, know if he is. And my team only put up thirty seven. I don't know how he got fifty two. I am shocked by that. But uh, yeah. yeah. So we need to look at that. Um, I was able to barely beat uh, Kim Debu and her son Oliver thirty seven to thirty four. Sorry guys. Kev, you took down the Nightingale, sixty to forty six. Putting up the most points this week too, I might add. Um, How did you? Who did you have? I, like, I had Firmino, and he was my captain too. So he, oh really? He scored, and I guess technically got an assist for the penalty that he that he drew. Um, but uh, yeah, for me to put up twenty four points, which was just ridiculous, and then everyone That's else kind of half had, your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, like we said, I think that 
pretty much wraps up this show. Next week, international break. We're going to have some fun. We'll have Brandon on um, and uh, talk some fantasy. Just talk, you know, all things soccer. See how things are shaking out with Bob Bradley. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news leaking out about that over the week. What Swans are doing, how he's going to change them, all of that great stuff. Big thanks again to John Hupp for joining us. Everybody go check him out at Spursburg on Twitter. Um, If you're a Spurs fan, make sure you get over to Piper's Pub. They're always there watching games, as John mentioned. Um, And if you're interested in joining the the Piper's Pub EPL um, Supporters Tournament, I almost said Fantasy Tournament, Supporters Tournament, which is coming up here at the beginning of November, make sure you reach out to John Battersby. Um, He's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. Um, you can reach out to him on Twitter at John Batty, J-O-H-N-B-A-T-T-Y 64. Let him know you're interested. Get your team in there. If you don't have a team, let him know you want to play. I'm sure he wants to put together a Knott's County team. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm all set to play for Spurs. So if you're going to be there, I will be there. Um, we'll have a good time. Laugh it up. I have and, a feeling uh, we'll this is going to convert you to a Spurs fan and... You know, there could be, there could have been worse decisions. Is all I'll say. How do you, how do you feel about that, Kev? I guess there could have been worse decisions. There could have been worse decisions. I, I didn't. I was about to say. I didn't really expect you to be a Liverpool fan. I was about to say, considering you bleed red, but everybody bleeds red, so that's not really. (laughs) Yeah, but mine's like really red. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah. yeah. Um. We'll see. We'll see. I think Spurs showed me a lot, you know, in this past game, and I, I like balanced teams and the fact that they're doing so well defensively um, while st- still putting some goals away. We'll see. Every week I feel like, oh, now I'm going to like City. Now I'm going to like Spurs. So we'll see what happens. We got to wrap this up. Um, my kids are up doing stuff, so I need to go take care of that. For uh, for Kev, I am Mike. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any ideas, thoughts, questions, comments, hit us up on Twitter, at Mongols. Um, make sure that you go follow us on, you know, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, whether it be iTunes, um, Stitcher, Google Play, we're there. Go check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you really soon. Cheers.